1: Would you object to never seeing me again? This is not just a couch. It's just our couch! Take the red pill, and I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. You leave the light on after bedtime. I always thought it would be better to be a fake somebody, a real nobody. Are we gonna air it? Of course not. Not it! it!
0: Meet steve and Bob. They were the only two punks living in Salt Lake City. Ooh, ooh, we come from the east. What the hell are you? We're, uh, we're from England. <laughs> England. That's probably why we seem so weird to you. Does the British guy still work
1: here? We went to Vegas for the weekend.
0: The British guy usually hooks us up.
1: Let me see what I can do. Give me a number.
0: What do you want for Christmas, Claire?
1: We just kissed a little, okay? Wow, he's a drug
0: dealer. He's a good guy. Oh, he's the good drug dealer. A billion things you're going through, I, I I understand it, not completely, but I uh, I respect it. I am the future. I am the future of this great nation. Steven, I didn't I didn't sell out, son. I bought in. You stole a car, shot a bouncer, had sex with two women. Oh, yeah, yeah. So now you're an entrepreneur. You shouldn't do this, Rana. Just drive. Well, if you gotta
1: go. Uh... <laughs> From Doug Lyman, the director of Swingers, Tay Diggs, William Fickner, Katie Holmes, Brecken Meyer, Jay Moore, Timothy Oliphant, Sarah Polly, Scott Wolf, Matthew Lillard, star of Scream and She's All That. Woo! and michael gorgen in a film about living life if i knew what was ahead of me i may have stayed in
0: bed life is like that
1: you know what i like best about christmas mistletoe the surprises
0: when there's nothing to do so zach would you say you're open to new things
1: Accept what you've done is your british ass happy now? start thinking you know salt lake ain't that bad i know no no i mean i know it sucks and all but you know this is like this is like home you
0: know when you've gone too far to stop there's no body there's no crime Let's put her in the trunk stop what?
1: stop it what it's a miata this spring go salt lake city punk it's all right i'm
0: okay uh we have
1: we actually have not recorded in in like seven months i i looked up uh <laughs>
0: and uh, you know i'm i'm guessing that the uh, people that have sampled 99 from 99 at this point uh are hoping for 7 months in between releases they're saying to <laughs> to hold off on that uh strange strange early um numbers on those certain movies uh i didn't realize payback would be uh you know almost double our pretty much every other episode so uh, more Mel Gibson. I don't know. Do you do anything else in? I'd be 1999? happy. I'd be
1: happy to do you know any more <laughs> Mel Gibson. We can find like commercials he was in and maybe talk about those. Um,
0: maybe just use them as little bumpers. You know, just briefly. Um, okay. So we are we are definitely not going to be talking about uh any sort of Mel Gibson joint uh with two films on this episode, uh because he was uh, far too old for the I guess the target target demographic, um. Uh, with these films, uh, Doug Lyman and John August, uh, their collaboration with Go, uh, which starred a, a great number of, I guess, up and comers at the time, uh, most prominently Katie Holmes, probably uh, back then. And then uh, SLC Punk, which had uh, Matthew Lillard as uh, Stevo, pre jackass Stevo in pop culture. Um, and this is him coming off of uh, Scream. I guess would that be his most noticeable success? Uh I'm I'm I think I'm dismissing the uh, the film that we've actually covered on this podcast. She's all that that he was in. Yeah,
1: you're dismissing that. Uh he <laughs> was, he was the best thing about that uh movie too. Uh you know, and he's the best okay. thing about SLC Punk. Um and there's a lot of crossover between uh Go and SLC Punk that you might not realize. Um okay, so Hit you, me mentioned, Scream. Let's go. Okay, you yep. mentioned Scream. Okay, you mentioned Scream. There are t- so, uh, you know, we got Matthew Lillard uh, here in SLC Punk. In Go, we have um, who who's it? Um,
0: the <laughs> Come on, you're on a roll. I was. <laughs> oh,
1: Timothy Oliphant. Timothy Oliphant. And, and for Scream people too. who has, yep. who have th- seen those movies, you know, uh, it is interesting that both those cast members would be in you know these two movies uh for another reason that i wouldn't give away um and then uh what was the other one i thought about there was a one really. oh okay okay you'll never get this one um both of these movies feature original cast members from rent which is a very 90s uh thing to bring up and can you guess who they are mr denniston
0: uh, an SLC punk, it is the uh the the friend of theirs who drives with them uh, across state lines, the beer run, um, that uh is accused of being gay, but he's uh, just a ladies man. He's just uh you know, very particular about his looks. He's he's the romantic, I think is what they label him, and he was uh, was he kind of the like the lead ish character of Rent? I, I feel like you must
1: be a real closet, uh, Rent fan, and you're just wanting to, you know, be like, you wanted to say, oh, yeah, he played Roger in Rent. Yeah, I are not remember his name, to, right?
0: <laughs> um, no, I wouldn't remember his name at all, but I, well, I was, I was trying to, uh, safeguard against the, the Rent fans because I don't know if anyone, any one character is considered the lead, but to me, um, I would, I would guess that he is. Um, I, I'm actually stumped on Go. Uh I don't was it Tay Diggs. Tay yep. Diggs. That's, yeah, Tay that's Diggs. it.
1: It's Tay Diggs. See, you not, got he, it. I can <laughs> I can
0: see why you're accusing me because Tay Diggs is you know, obviously the bigger name and it took me a second. Uh but uh he was definitely not the lead in rent. He is a he he's the uh the heel. Yeah, he's he's the yeah. sellout. He's yeah. Um yeah, I uh that did not come to mind. Um but that's okay for the, for the most part. Uh, I think what came to mind for, for me was, Hey, the biggest star in go uh, is Melissa McCarthy. When she just answers the door and gives out some like expository information. And now she is the most bankable thing that has come out of go. So.
1: And the, and a few minutes before that, you got Jane Krakowski and you know, I didn't know this was like the first thing she was in either. And I don't understand how it's possible. She looks, she looks younger today then she looks in this movie
0: in go. That's, Isn't that weird? That Just having money, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> the blood of innocence. I, I don't know what they're doing in Hollywood now, but, um, okay. So I was, I'll just admit, I was a bit afraid to revisit both of these because they were favorites of mine. Uh, when I was a teenager, I saw go in the theaters twice, uh, SLC punk. I don't think ever played in Kentucky, uh, as far as i know i caught up with it on uh video and uh, i remember watching these uh numerous times in my youth and I, I think that's probably that that's the aim right you're supposed to uh when you're a teenager identify with these characters or maybe want to be these characters in particular the ones in go who have all sorts of crazy adventures uh one one segment uh, taking place in vegas uh, another at a rave um and then slc punk you have the lead character sort of bemoaning his existence in this know nothing town and all the cool stuff's going on in other cities. And he's heavily influenced by uh pop culture that did not, uh, originate in, uh, Salt Lake city. Um, but one thing I did like more so now, uh, is watching as adult is how much pride he does take and where he comes from. I mean, he, he bitches about the place, but, uh, he also really likes the, the parties they throw and how violent, how hard they are. So, um, I had, I had a different reaction um this time around on which film I kind of preferred but I'll uh, first let, let's toss it to you any experience with either, the, either of these films back in 1999
1: uh, I I remember seeing Go and it was not one that I really looked forward to seeing or anything it was just one of those random movies that I put on TV and I and I remember liking it back then I didn't think it would age well I really didn't I thought it would be one of those things that is so specific to the late nineties in terms of what's going on in movies, in terms of like, you know, Roger Ebert spends most of his review on go talking about uh, Pulp Fiction. And I thought it would kind of age in that same, in that same sort of Tarantino copycat way that a lot of those movies have age. And, And I was surprised I have come to really have a great amount of disdain for like, quote unquote, uh, clever movies that play around with narrative that have, um, you know, characters doing the same scene over and over again, just at different times or different perspectives and all that. Um, a lot of times that comes off as showy and 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 stupid and not very inspired. Uh, here, it, 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 everything works, everything clicks. I I love this opening, uh, with Katie Holmes talking about Christmas and 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 how you don't expect uh how your expectations of it can be different than than the reality of it. Um, and I think there's a little bit of a bit of a metaphor going on there about you know the the place that they are in their lives and everything and the expectations of what you know, might come and that might be is probably different than, than the, the sort of simple existence that they have now where they can go out and and sell all these drugs and get into a huge amount of trouble uh, and get hit by a car and all that and, and live to tell the tale um, 20 years from now that, you know, the, these situations would have very different consequences. I, you know, is it, is it a great black and white moral movie? No. And I think if you're coming to it, you know, trying to get that, you're 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 going to be disappointed. But it's a very entertaining slice of life that just kind of presents an amoral. Um, set of circumstances. It's 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 almost as as though God is looking down on these people and watching them do these stupid things and not really making a judgment call one way or the other on, on what they're doing. <laughs> Taking and the day off. That's what I like about it. That's what. I, yeah, <laughs> just like yeah, these these people are useless. Just you know. And that's that is what I liked about it. uh SLC Punk. I had never seen. It was one I had always been meaning to see. I. Uh, and now that I've seen it, I feel, I feel like I can write it off my list and that's fine and that's good, but I didn't take much away from it. I think it's a bit of a whiny movie. I think go and SLC punk are, you know, go is a movie about angry young people. Uh, SLC punk is a movie made by an angry young person. And Go benefits from having that extra bit of wisdom and perspective, and SLC Punk has to kind of overcome it. And I think Lillard has some really good scenes. I think he has some really good scenes in it, but it, it never overcomes that, that lack of perspective for me.
0: Hmm. See, I didn't find SLC Punk that angry, uh, mainly because my, and I, it probably wasn't at the time, but my favorite character now is Stevo's father. Uh, mm-hmm. th- this lawyer that is uh, d- desperately trying to steer him back uh, to a more practical life. Um, however, uh, you know this version of a practical life is him uh, going to Harvard Law. So <laughs> it is coming from a place uh, that not many people would have the opportunity, uh, the connections to to be able to pull that off, N- nor the skill set, which I also kind of like about the film. Normally I don't. Normally I hate movies. Uh, th- there's one with. Uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, Premium Rush. Did you see that? I never saw it. it. I never saw it. Okay. Well, it's just a a sort of a stupid action movie about a bike messenger. And, you know, he gets, you know, the wrong package and ends up with a dirty cop. Michael Shannon's their dirty cop playing a very Michael Shannon role. And one thing I always hated about that movie was they make it clear through other characters multiple times that the Joseph uh, Gordon-Levitt lead uh, is a bike messenger by choice. But he's like, you know, he's you know, secretly a genius, could pass the bar, could go on and do great things, but he just needs that adrenaline rush of being, you know, uh economically challenged and also, you know, just being on his bike. That's all he needs. I hate that. I'd rather it just be why can't it just be a stupid guy who gets mm-hmm. caught up in mm-hmm. this? Why can't it just be a guy who genuinely likes being a bike messenger and it's not just like a uh, a statement he's making. And um I for i think i I go with it in slc punk because the uh the rebellion that the lillard character has against his father uh doesn't have a ton of bite to it like a lot of their conversations they're back and forth um you can tell both of them get a lot out of it like there's there's a pride the father takes in uh these rants his son goes on which usually is taking him to task for uh you know his father selling out but you know, he still wants to go to lunch with his dad. You know, he still—it seems like he still enjoys spending time with them. And so, I—I I didn't find it to be as whiny as and as angry because I felt like
1: Brody disagrees. Brody disagrees. Well,
0: he's—he's he's, you know temperamental. He's—he's he's pretty whiny, <laughs> angry himself. Um, so I—I I actually had forgotten that degree of warmth that's that's shared between father and son. Um, and I—I I think that's pretty much the only adult presence we have, unless you count uh, their friend Mark, um, who's basically their drug dealer, who's just, he's just called old. And I don't know how much older he is in the group, but um, I would find, I I actually find, I guess, go to be angry, but it's the angrier parts that I like best. Like I like the Sarah Polly character Mm -hmm. um, much more so than say like Katie Holmes. I, in my old age now, I really, really hate uh, the the British guy that basically is the troublemaker in the Vegas segment. He gets uh, he just gets on my nerves. I like Sarah Polly's sort of pithy responses. She has that great line at the beginning with the the woman when she's working at the uh, register at the grocery store, and uh, the woman thinks she sort of can pin her into a corner, saying like you know don't basically don't don't take that sort of tone with me. I used to have your job, and she responds, "Look how far it got you." And I'm like, I, I like that character. So I don't know. I'm I'm coming at, it at a different point of view than you as far as what uh what I take from both these films now.
1: You're you're coming at it from uh, maybe the old man perspective.
0: Uh, I, but you know what? I'll I'll, I'll wear that <laughs> proudly. <laughs> I don't want to hang out with any of these people, Ben.
1: <laughs> you know, honestly, I don't either. I don't either. <laughs> Except maybe Tay Diggs. I would I would hang out with Tay Diggs. It's got in good Go. stories. And and, and 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 I think. I think the British uh, guy section works because you're identifying more with Tay Diggs. You're, you're you, you know you see these jokes <laughs> with the British guy from Tay yeah. Diggs' perspective when he's playing with the gun and he doesn't really know what he's doing and all
0: that. Yeah, you know I've never held a real gun before. It's heavier than I thought. Yeah, could that's could you put it down, please? That's yeah, great. Yeah, I, I, I want to know how it's loaded. I want
1: to... How'd you get this?
0: Watch my... I
1: can't do it. It's stuck. Give me the gun! Take the wheel! That works for me. I agree the British guy is not the most identifiable character. He's very stupid, uh, you know, very narrow-minded in many ways. But uh, Go has an energy to it. And and SLC Punk gets drowned in um, overbearing narration. And I think a lot Mm, of times... First time filmmakers will put so much narration in their scripts that because they want everyone to understand their perspective and blah, blah, blah. And they think, well, you're never going to really know how I thought about this unless I put all, all this in it. But the better scripts, you know, don't rely on that. I think Kevin Smith at this time in the 90s is actually making some very good movies about people this age who are in similar situations to the SLC punk character and not Having to rely on narration in every single scene, um you know hmm. so I don't know what do you think about the narration in s l. c punk Michael
0: I mean it's certainly a little overbearing um however, I think Lillard is just so good that you know if I'm given the option between him sort of taking up all the air you know, on on the screen in the room uh by just talking at me. Um, I'm fine with that because I don't I don't know how many of the other characters I trust <laughs> to to really give up too much information. I, like I like you know Jason Siegel's character here, uh, is just like the crazy quiet guy, like, and C he's, he's just there to uh for the action sequences if you don't call him that in this film. Um, I I don't find I, I think I had a little bit of a harder time getting into the film this time around initially because I forgot um how many. Monologues are right there at the start. Even, even Bob, uh, who doesn't talk to the camera, basically does when he's talking at his friend Steve about his drug use. And I started to slip out. And I bet you when I was 16, I really thought all this stuff was cool. Like, I, I would like how, I would like the energy of SLC Punk as far as it jumping uh, around at different points, uh, within the last few years of these characters' lives. But it does start to feel, I think i'll agree with you it feels a little bit lacking in confidence in the story that they're gonna tell like there's not enough story so they just have this this guy just sort of give opinions uh thrown at you um but I, you know i i eventually get into as i said the relationship between the father and son i really like uh steve-o and and heroin bob i you know I i feel like that's a a relationship that I can kind of identify with in my life, even though I have uh, vastly different <laughs> taste and music and um, parties and women and all sorts of things. Um, a lot of that stuff works. It's a little bit more, I mean, I think easily more hard on its sleeve than something like go where I don't know. I don't know if you're meant to care about any of the friendships in particular. Like I think you made a good point about Tay Diggs and the audience identifying with him is that he's, basically just shaking his head constantly at the situations that his friend has put him and others in. And um, maybe that's why I still like the Sarah Polly stuff more is I I like having the smartest person in the room uh, be our lead uh, and not having the dumb one leading all the smarter ones to their doom and their peril. Um, I don't know. I feel like SLC Punk is not very judgmental of its characters either like what you were saying about the god's eye point view about go well, I th- I think SLC punk loves
1: its main character and I think I I get a feeling that the director felt like he was the main character um you know and so and so you you're talking about the father relationship with the son those scenes are great but it's what two scenes in the movie it's the Porsche scene and the scene at the beginning Just hide behind some lost sense of drugs, sex, rock and roll, oh kumbaya. I am the future, I am the future of this great nation which you father so arrogantly saved this world for. I love you guys, don't get me wrong, it's all about this, but for the first time in my life I'm 18 and I can say, fuck you!
0: Stephen, I didn't didn't sell out son, I bought in. Keep that in mind. That kid is going to make one hell of a lawyer, huh? Yeah. He takes after his father. Ah, He's a son of a bitch. Fuck you, dear. It's <laughs> um, a great, gra- great, it's, great ending uh, Hysterical.
1: Hysterical. <laughs> I would have loved to have seen more of Christopher McDonald in SLC Punk, but, but I want to point out that you're highlighting a very brief segment of the movie.
0: Um, that line, <laughs> it's difficult, dear. It's <laughs> difficult. It just kills me. I just, <laughs> oh, I love it. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's true. But uh, you know, I mean, that's that's the stuff I, I'll I'll remember, I guess, more and, and go. Um, I don't. I mean, you've accused me of being an old man, and I, I can't help but come across that way because I like the, you know, the, the Amway segment quite a bit too, and that one is decidedly more adult skewing as far as the you know the situation there is not. It goes from being this this C D crime story about these these cops that have these these actors sort of under their thumb and turns into one big gag for, for Amway. Um I don't know if that would work for everyone, but the build up to it where uh these guys think that this cop and his wife are propositioning them for uh some sort of like um open relationship, some sort of sexual affair as a as a group activity uh, that stuff works far better for me. And I bet you, when I was a teenager, that was the segment I, I would want to skip over. I would want to spend more time in Vegas or go back to Sarah Poly and the Raves.
1: Ironically, the segment with with Jay Moore and and I believe Scott Wolf, um, as the gay actors who play cops on TV, that is the one segment that rings false to me. And you, Ben's I, a, trying
0: to trying to be hip and cool with all the kids listening to this podcast.
1: I'm not trying to be hip and I just I just, am. You just are I just what can I do? Um, but to me, the the stuff earlier with William Fitchner uh, and, and like the reaction shots that Scott Wolf has when William Fitchner seems to be like flirting with them and telling them they have a they have a great body and all that, all that works so much better when you think they're straight or you when you think they're at least you know pretty normal people like not just gay but you know they're they're a gay couple that also has some sort of tryst going on with the makeup guy from their TV show and i think the movie would have been better served if if if, if, if i i think they were trying to be edgy and it just comes off, at, it comes off as false today. And it's, and yeah, I, I prefer this movie vastly over SLC Punk. I think, I think Go ranks up there probably with the top five movies that we've seen so far uh, for me. And I really want to point out just how good of a career Doug Lyman has had and how varied his career has been. And I, maybe, maybe it's because I'm only recently starting to pick back up on him with Edge of Tomorrow and American Made but but i 'm impressed i 'm impressed by everything he 's accomplished, and you listen to the the commentary on the blu ray that he has with the edit- with his editor stephen mirione who who rose fast through the industry pretty pretty uh, you know as well um, you just sense a guy who you know that, so in the in the commentary they talk about reshoots they had to do for the movie, and you don 't sense any sort of ego you don 't sense any sort of oh i 'm this sensitive artiste and the the studio took away my movie. Like they just talk openly about the things they had to change and the things um, maybe they regretted changing and the things that worked when they changed them Um, in, in uh, on the Blu-ray you can see they have deleted scenes and the whole ending with the British guy and Katie Holmes's character, it ends with like a big gun face off, like the way that you would expect it to end today And there is nothing funnier to me than, than Katie Holmes walking out of that apartment building and hearing the pop behind her and and hearing a British guy saying, I'm okay. I'm okay. Um, you know, that's, that's very funny. Uh, and those things have, have really remained, uh, you know, effective over the years. I don't, I don't feel the same about SLC punk.
0: (laughs) I probably don't feel the same with you about the, uh, the, the top five, uh, ranking so far <laughs> on our podcast. Uh, cause I, I will say go, yeah, go makes the, the cut. Cause there's, I would have office space, October sky, and probably one and two, uh, ravenous. Um and I'd have true crime above go too. Oh my about God, that? no, that's a lie, <laughs> lie. That sequence where he <laughs> takes his daughter to the park.
1: I can't believe we're still talking about that at this point. Uh, Any listeners is, we have is, what, feel April, the same. April in 1999. I mean, we, we got to move on from Speed Zoo. Um, <laughs> how How do you feel about the whole experiment in general?
0: This podcast?
1: No, just doing a podcast with me, I guess, uh, or. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, you're fine. I mean, we've done enough of these things, you know, w- without being uh, our, I guess, our own branded show. Um, I I do think that sometimes I, I I worry about I worry more about the things I really liked. Um, uh, stuff like true crime is more fun because I never watched it before, and uh, you know, there's as I was sort of accusing Go of having no stakes. There's no stakes for me but i I really am concerned with things like this uh, lock stock and two smoking barrels is one we did that I really enjoyed in my youth, and I watch it now and it it starts to for some reason make me angry like <laughs> it starts to like <laughs> it starts to annoy me to an extent where it's like i'm 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 mad at my my younger self or mad at the uh, guy richie uh which is i guess never a bad thing um but uh I think there's there'll be some stuff that's uh uh, hopefully will, will surprise me for, for the good. I, that's one thing, I guess, you know, we're, by the end of this project, we'll, we'll probably have some sort of, you know, uh, ranking of this entire, you know, year that we've put ourselves through reliving 1999. Um, but I, I, I wonder if there are some of these, um, films that have been so high up on, on your sort of, uh, you know, just your own list of any year, that are like, are you concerned that you're going to have to approach them? Like you're going to have to find a, a new way in to discuss them. Cause you've kind of burnt yourself out on, on watching them or, or talking about them.
1: I'm scared. My perspective is going to be so unique that no one's going to understand it. Uh, but oh, there we that's kind of normal for me. Um, <laughs> so it would be, it would be office space and October sky and probably cruel intentions and, and go and maybe something else. And I'm forgetting right now um but yeah those would those would be the main movies uh I- I, you know on the top for me so it's interesting we both have october sky and office space pretty high at this point um i've always wondered what it would be like if they had the academy awards every quarter of the year mm-hmm. i feel like you you would get very interesting choices uh, and it would also probably encourage there to be better high quality movies uh, you know at any given time um but Never going to (laughs) happen. Do
0: you you think it's just the quarter uh, in particular of 1999 that we've had so many uh, films uh, geared towards teenagers or youth, even something like October Sky, which is probably a little bit more (laughs) inclusive of families, but, you know, Cruel Intentions, you just mentioned, She's All That. Uh, We start with Farsity Blues. Uh, You know, there's a lot of a lot of teens, a lot of youth on on film so far. Just is that just what we're selecting, or was that just uh, you think spring of nineteen ninety nine?
1: This is tough because you know maybe these films are initiating some sort of n- n- nostalgia kick for for us. You know because we were we were this age when the, the you know when these movies were coming out, and that's a tough call to make. But I have to say, I, I think I have a pretty reasonable um sober opinion at least when I'm watching movies, and uh and go and cruel intentions, you know, continue to work for me and especially especially October Sky. October Sky has incredible uh filmmaking technique on display. Um you know, we should go back to SLC Punk for a minute because <laughs> who is Devin Sawa playing?
0: Oh I don't remember he's uh he, he becomes the beggar as far as the character's name. Um, i and i say that having just watched this like last (laughs) night me too um (laughs) yeah yeah, but it's funny i just i was like oh it's idle hands uh what's he doing in this movie um i can't remember sean maybe i think it's just something yeah that sounds like i
1: i like him i like that character in the movie i think the movie would have been better if we had seen that develop a little bit more i don't like this ending that we get that feels reminiscent of, I don't know, American graffiti of, you Hmm. know, well, a lot of shit happened to me and I'm just going to go off to, to law school now. Shucks, you know, let's poor me. Um, Yeah. That didn't work for me. Uh, It doesn't, it feels half earned, not like the ending of American graffiti, which actually feels earned, uh, but it does feel very reminiscent of that.
0: I still really like, and you know, this is, I guess, ultimate, Spoiler if there is one for SLC Punk. So if you have any interest, uh, thank you for the listen. Follow us at 99 from 99 on <laughs> social media platforms. Blah, blah, blah. Um, the death of Heroin Bob, I remember really getting me when I was a teenager because, you know, it does feel so random given all the the shit that they they do all the all the violence and stuff you know it's it's repeat over and over and it's really telegraphed you know he's someone that stays away from drugs he gives a big rant at the beginning of the film to his his buddy Stevo, and then even building up to that you know he says he has a headache yeah you you wonder if something's wrong with him um but watching it now and i still love willard's performance that reaction uh to waking up to see his his best friend is has has died uh, overnight. Has overdosed.
1: It's get yeah, up. It's like three o'clock. Get him to eat.
0: Oh,
1: fuck. Fucking poser. Only pause is die, you fucking idiot! <laughs> now what are we gonna do for friends? <laughs>
0: like it as much now uh, maybe to what you're saying because i feel like what was interesting was the divide between the two characters up to that point whereas heroin bob was falling in love and he was you know it was making him fall in love with the idea of staying home of like oh if, if something this great could happen here like i could find this 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 woman that uh i i really really dig or really identify with then you know maybe there are other things here that I've just looked over. Like I've I've just been too self-involved to, to look around in my community and and find the the positive. And there's that scene where the the two friends fight, and uh, Stevo you know accuses him of being a poser and like uh, basically betraying him because he no longer thinks everything sucks about Salt Lake City. Salt Lake City. Well, when you kill off the character, you know I, I feel like Stevo's gonna leave anyway. So it kind of lets him off the hook, even though he's calling himself a poser in that very final. Shot, um, I think is the audience you're like, well his, his friend's dead, so yeah, might as well go to law school now. I, I would rather the character make that choice on his own without something so tragic and sort of, you know, life altering happening happening that pushes him out of town.
1: It's sort of like it's sort of like the, the, the goodfellas of, you know, punk movies, isn't it? <laughs>
0: like like he's just
1: <laughs> Like wow. there's there's all this narration and personal perspective and everything. Um, but but at the end of the day, at the end of the day, I can't connect to it. Uh, And I, I love Matthew Lillard. He is great. He's great in this movie. He's the reason I think we're talking about this movie now. I think you put this with any other actor at that time, it doesn't work. Uh, And he's had a really interesting career past this too. I really liked his brief uh performance in The Descendants, the George Clooney movie from 2011. I really like him in... And I promise it's the last time I mention the CBS TV series *The Good Wife*. Uh, he he had a recurring role there where he played a music artist who who was dealing with copyright law. Um, he was good in that. He you know he's a good actor and he's someone who who I'd like to see more of. And I don't know. Speaking of actors who have been treated badly by the industry i would like to transition a little bit to to katie holmes
0: uh uh for a second that's gonna be a harder case to make i think i don't think so um (laughs) there went your hip card out the window (laughs) sure 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 you know what i like best about christmas the surprises i mean it's like you get this box and you're sure you know what's inside of it you know you shake it
1: you wait you're totally convinced you have it pegged no doubt in your mind but then you open it up and it's completely different you know, wow, bang, surprise. I mean, it's it's kind of like you and me here, you know? And I'm not saying it's anything it's not. It's, it's come on, this time yesterday, who would have thunk it? You know? I just feel like she was typecast very early on as the girl next door with, with Dawson, Dawson's Creek. And understandably, because, you know, she was good. She was good at it. And that's why that series is popular and um i don't think she would have had you know nearly the amount of backlash against her had it not been for uh, her marriage to tom cruise and i feel like that was a that was a big factor in how people talked about um you know her not her getting recast from the dark knight um and i tried to look it up i really tried but i remember at the time when she was recast that a Warner Brothers exec actually flat out stated that they wanted wanted an actress of higher caliber um for The Dark Knight. That rarely happens that that <laughs> that people talk so openly uh like that. And why is that why is that all of a sudden okay with with a female actress because of who she's married to? Would that be would would that same reaction happen with, with a guy married to a eccentric or crazy, uh, husband or crazy, crazy wife. Um, I don't think so. Well,
0: happened to Tom Arnold, didn't it? Early nineties.
1: Well, that's, that's a whole ton of crazy over there. <laughs> I mean,
0: <laughs> man, I'm just trying to hashtag this episode so we can tie it into Roseanne. That's yeah, popular. Yeah, again. I know. There oh, we go. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to pick on, uh, you know, Miss Katie Holmes. Uh, I'm, I'm going to say that she, she's unworthy of being killed off in the dark night like i think she would have been fine uh maggie joan maybe was um uh, maybe was a bit overkill for what that that part demanded um but it has me concerned slash excited uh when we get to teaching mrs tingle <laughs> later on this podcast so uh where you can you can fully devote uh a defense to katie holmes and her career I'm I'm really looking
1: forward to revisiting teaching Mrs. Tingle. I can tell you for one thing, it has a really great soundtrack. Um, so <laughs> it does. Uh, it really does. I, I I own the soundtrack for Teaching Mrs. Tingle somewhere.
0: <laughs> that is a uh, very strange. But no, uh, it's not. No, no, no. I well, I mean, I've not yet been exposed to the soundtrack, but just you know, if you still have any sort of Teaching Mrs. Tingle uh you know that's not the movie if you have anything any sort of uh, posters or anything like that that would be strange i I don't have that i
1: don't have that just the soundtrack
0: not a super fan um (laughs) well okay i think i I think that'll i think that'll do it so what uh i'll put you on the spot here because i actually don't have it up what what is the what's next on this show it's been so long since we actually did the recording uh what is the next one what's the next film or films we've got coming up
1: well, it is another romantic comedy with an actress who is a descendant of one of the great silent film stars of the 1920s. Can you another, can you name the movie, Michael Deniston? I, I'm,
0: I'm I'm betting it's another scream connection. So it's never it been is. kissed, right?
1: It has never been but kissed. Right?
0: Yeah, I'm actually excited about that one. Never been kissed. I love romantic comedies; they're easy to do. So, or at least they're pleasant enough. So, uh, hopefully, you'll be back with us. Uh, you find us pleasant. We are. Um, at 99for99 99 99 on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Give the show a subscribe, uh, rate and review on Apple Podcasts if you have a little bit extra time. But uh, if not, we appreciate the listen anyway. Don't let it
1: go away. The skin has got to stay.
0: Don't let it go away. The skin has got to stay.
1: I have to mention that one of my favorite bands when I was younger was introduced to me um, through through the movie Go. And can you guess what that band is?
0: Um, I hope it's Massive Attack.
1: It's playing right now in the episode. Uh, you know, in the edit.
0: <laughs> yeah, but uh, you know, you're not you're not going old school and uh, playing it for me.
1: Okay, um, okay. Uh, hint is Gene Harlow. Hint is lead singer broke off and became a solo artist that's not much of a hint that's a big hint
0: the lead singer broke off and became a solo artist
1: and played Gene Harlow in The Aviator directed by Martin Scorsese.
0: I don't remember who played Gene Harlow I'm sorry I know Kate <laughs> Blanchett was in it but it's not Gene Harlow Well, it's playing,
1: Uh, so everyone knows what we're talking about at this point.
0: Why are you trying to make me look foolish in front of the freaks that are still listening to this as (laughs) as it plays over the end of the episode?
1: I'm trying to give us an interesting and unique
0: out. Wait, no doubt? Was Gwen Stefani Jean Carlo in that movie? Yes. That's the only one that would be. Um, see okay, I, I think I played the hipster card there saying massive attack, and you no <laughs> doubt hmm okay i yeah. wouldn't would not have guessed you as a no doubt fan
1: you you couldn't go anywhere in my high school without being a no doubt fan
0: so. was that was that their peak? was that like as big as they i mean I, I know they went Pretty on college player yeah. success, but that was that seemed like the height of it they um, they
1: went into like in into like pure ska territory after around this time and yeah and then she broke off and then it was that was it so hmm.
0: well i i'm hoping that they're enjoying this <laughs> <laughs>